Proverbs chapter 11. One time I heard somebody say the greatest ability is dependability. I don't know that I'd argue with that. Uh, there's some other abilities, though, that would make my top ten. Availability, that, that'd be a good one. Uh, how about teachability? Uh, tonight, that's what we're going to ask. Are you teachable? Uh, we're in a section of Proverbs I mentioned several weeks back, beginning in chapter 10 through about chapter 22, where some have counted 375 distinct Proverbs. Uh, they're not grouped generally. They're, they're individual statements. Proverbs is one of those books you can almost go just take one verse. Generally, we say look at the context. That's not the case in this passage of wisdom literature. Uh, notice verse 1. A false balance is abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Verse 2 is our text. When pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. So this is one of the contrast proverbs. It's contra contrasting pride and humility or lowliness. And the result of the two, pride will bring shame, where humility will bring wisdom. You know, Teachable people don't have to be the smartest to succeed. They just continually seek to learn, to grow throughout life. That's true vocationally, but it's also true relationally. Uh, a couple that quit learning about marriage and how to manage marriage better are going to have more struggles than those who constantly want to grow and learn or parenting or spiritually that's true god wants us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ so this contrast between the humble or lowly and prideful in verse number two uh, is going to be our launch point this word pride comes from a root word that means to boil or to run over or overflow it has the indication or implies an arrogant attitude or behavior. You know, pride, a prideful spirit shows itself in a lot of ways. It shows itself in stubbornness. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Or nobody's going to instruct me. Now, arrogance, stubbornness, and self-righteousness, these are all uh, very evident in a prideful person. But notice how you can't divorce the results of pride from the pride. When uh, pride cometh, then cometh shame. No ifs, no ands, no buts. That, that is a fact. Pride will keep a person from listening to advice. Pride will keep a person from learning from their mistakes or their wrong judgments. The word lowly, though, is a word that's not used very often in the scriptures. It essentially is talking about a modest or a humble or a teachable person. And a person who has that mindset 
doesn't put up defenses and refuses to hear or learn. They'll listen to criticism, they'll listen to instruction and make appropriate changes so that uh, they can do better the next time. So if we want to be teachable, I would give you four recommendations from the Word of God, how to be a teachable person. Number one, from our verse here, be humble. Be humble. Humility is a starting point because the humble realize they always need to grow. They realize there's more to learn. They realize there's better ways. They're, they, they're, they're willing to learn from others where as prideful people think they know more than everyone else and are not willing to listen. They're not willing to learn. They're not willing to be helped. When I was in Bible college, our pastor used to say to us, everybody knows something I don't know, therefore everyone can be my teacher. That's a wise statement. Everybody does know something I don't know. I may know more in one area, but I don't know more in other areas. Other people can help me. So teachable people realize that they don't know everything, and if they want to learn they can learn. If they want to grow, they can grow. If they're willing to humble themselves and listen. Keep your finger here, we'll be coming back, but turn back to Proverbs chapter three. We looked at this verse on Sunday. Of course, verses five and six, very familiar. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Notice verse 7. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Proverbs 26 verse 12 says, Seest thou a man wise in his own conceit, there is more hope of a fool than of him. Now, Proverbs 3, 7 and 8 is teaching that when we have that humble spirit and the fear of the Lord, it is refreshing to us. It is a source of strength to us. That's what verse 8 says. Morrow, help to thy navel, morrow to thy bones. And scripture, when it speaks of the navel, is speaking of the core of your being. You're, you're healthy to the core and uh, bone marrow has to produce the red blood cells to keep you healthy. And, and so it's a source, it's a spring of life. A humble person is aware of their limitations. And they're willing to work on that. They're not in denial. They know they have weaknesses. They know there are areas that they need to give attention to, but it's reflected in that humble spirit. Uh, they're also honest about the fact that they have blind spots. You recognize that we all have blind spots and we need to be willing to admit that. You know, our judgments are not infallible. Uh, we may be perceptive, but we may, we may be a very grace-filled person, so we give everybody the benefit of the doubt. We, there is a downside to that. We can be cut and dried, sort of the gift of the prophet. There's a downside to that too. And we need to see the blind spots that we have. Now, the humble person is willing to listen. 
and learn. What does James say? James 1.19, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Swift to hear, slow to speak. A humble person's honest about their failures. They don't make excuses. The humble person asks for honesty back, not empty flattery. The point is, if you want to be a teachable person, you have to put aside pride and be willing to listen and receive what may be uncomfortable but is in your best interest. Now, if you're the person who is giving that kind of help, remember, we're to speak the truth in love. The truth unvarnished can be quite harsh, but if it's given in love, it's it is received well. First Corinthians chapter eight, it's talking about uh, meat offered to idols and well, should a Christian be involved in that? But now, not getting into that discussion, the very second verse of 1 Corinthians chapter 8 says, And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing, yet as he ought to know. But if any man love God, the same is known of him. Now the truth is, folks, all of us can grow spiritually all of us need to grow spiritually god wants all of us to grow spiritually none of us are to stagnate uh, where we are and be content but to grow we have to be teachable we have to be willing to be challenged we have to be open to that constructive helpful maybe criticism but so we can move forward you know i've had people say things to me that in that moment were really hurtful, but the truth is, in the big picture, it was helpful if I wanted it to be. If you want to be a teachable person, number one, you have to be humble. Number two, if you want to be teachable, you have to be diligent. It doesn't just happen. Nobody becomes teachable by osmosis. Turn to Proverbs chapter number four. Proverbs chapter four. Notice verse seven. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Now, before I go on reading, that verse is saying effort has to be applied. You have to get it. You have to go for it. You have to want it. You have to desire it. You have to seek after it like silver and search for it like gold, as Proverbs chapter 2 says. Look at verse 8. Exalt her, and she shall promote thee. She shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory shall she deliver to thee. Look down at verse 13. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. 
keeper, for she is thy wife. With a death-like grip, hang on so that you not miss the opportunity to grow and to learn. Take fast hold. It means to strengthen, to be courageous, to overpower. Uh, we used to run this game in our youth rallies uh, where uh, there'd be an inner tube in the middle, two teams, and then they'd be numbered off and certain number of kids from each team, you know, you called out whatever, oranges, apples, odd numbers, even numbers, however you divided them up. And they ran out and they grabbed that inner tube and the goal was to get the inner tube back to your side. Well, you had to have a massive grip and be working together and work hard to try and do that. That's the idea. Take fast hold. Don't let it slip from your grip. In my educational training, we used to talk about teachable moments. And anybody who's taught anyone anything knows that when the student, whether they're children, teens, adults, doesn't matter, is asking questions because they want to learn, it's far easier to teach than you trying to inspire them about something they could care less about. Okay, so God says we need to create within our own hearts those teachable moments. God, I want to know, I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn how to pray. I'm going to learn how to witness. I'm going to learn how to have a God-focused home. I'm going to do, I want it, I desire it. I'm going to grow in this area. I'm going to be diligent. And the person who has that attitude uh, is going to learn. But a person who says, hey, I'm good enough. Nobody's going to show me anything. Nobody's going to impress me. Guess what? You're never going to teach them anything. They are not teachable. Proverbs 1, verse number 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Don't be that kind of person. Don't be the person who has no desire, no interest, nobody's going to impress me. You know, I may be in church, but my brain isn't. My heart isn't. I may read the Bible, but my, my thoughts are a million miles away. Don't be that person. Be open to learn. Develop an appetite to know, especially to know God and his truth. It's interesting to me how when you want God to speak to you and you approach the word of God that way, he will. He will. We all go through situations in our lives when we're like, God, what are you doing and why? And this morning, I just prayed, Lord, I, I really, uh, you know, I want to not only preach this truth, I want to live this truth. Would you encourage my heart today? Now, you know, I'm reading through Psalms, three Psalms a day. So this is the 19th day of the month. So it's Psalm 55, 56, 57. There were seven different verses in those three chapters that God said, boom, Bob, that one's for you. And boom, that one's for you. And boom, that one's for you. 
I stopped and I typed them out and I put them under the glass on my desk because this isn't a situation that's going to disappear in a moment or two. Man, I want to meditate on those. I want them to become my lifeblood. I want them to flow in my heart so I'm not just preaching trust God, I'm living trust God in a difficult situation. Look, you've got to want it or you're not going to get it. You know, they they say anything you want to know, you can learn. If you want to know enough. You can learn to your best ability how to be a manager, how to be, uh, you know, handle relations, how to handle uh, those kind of interpersonal relations. You can learn all that. Well, certainly you ought to want to know God and be teachable. Three times in Joshua chapter 1, Joshua was challenged by God to be strong and of good courage in leading Israel to conquer the promised land. Guess what? He learned. He learned. And if you're going to learn God's truth and you're going to learn God's heart, it will not be by accident. Look, folks, we said it Sunday. Life is challenging. Life is challenging. And this world is rapidly changing. We cannot afford to be casual about God's truth and how it applies to our lives. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Breaking a spiritual sweat in the study of the word of God because we want to know God that much. So if you're going to be diligent, let me give you a few free suggestions. They're free, so don't gripe. Number one, don't just read the Bible. Reading is good. But do something. Before you put it, I don't care if you read three verses, three chapters, or 30 chapters. Do something to make your reading of that day stick with you. I know we're in a digital age, writing things out is very old school. Then, you know, use your thumbs and put it on and save, uh, screenshot it and look at it throughout the day. Or the, not necessarily the verse, but what God wanted you to think on because of that verse. But give yourself the opportunity to get more out of it than just your eyes running across squiggly black ink lines on a piece of paper. Refer to it several times through the day. At a break, not while you're driving down the road. Uh, at a red light, maybe. But stop and go through, let, it, let that thought go. God is my rock. Guess what? You're going to need to know that one time or God wouldn't have brought it to your attention. And just over and over and over and over, I don't care if you do it old school, journal it. I don't care if you just write it on a piece of paper or you put it digitally in your phone. However, to keep uh, to where you are intentionally, you are purposefully hanging on to God's truth. 
Second free suggestion, don't be afraid to ask questions from others that are farther down the road. I'm afraid our pride shows up in subtle ways because we don't want to act like we don't know something. So we pretend that we know it and the whole time we're living in discouragement and failure. There's nothing wrong and you should never be rebuked if I say, you know, I've only been saved a few years. I'm not really sure what pastor meant about this or I'm not sure how to deal with this or I'm not comfortable. I, I just don't know. Not knowing something is not criminal. Not asking could be. Don't be afraid to ask. And then as you move through your Christian journey, just increase your intake. If one chapter is all you can handle now, wonderful. Maybe next year it's two. Maybe the next year it's three. Read good books that will inspire you. I, I try to read 50 books a year. I failed last year. I think I got to 42. You know, folks, passive information doesn't help you like active information. There isn't that much on TV worth watching anyway. Shut it off. Re listen to podcasts while you're driving to work. Listen to sermons. I'm not promoting listening to mine. But use discernment. Get recommendations from others. What podcasts do you listen to that help you? Uh, for family, I would encourage Young at Heart, Dave Young. It, it, they are honest. They are easily listened to. You can listen to them while you're walking. Well, this time of year, that may be a challenge, but get out your snowshoes and go for a trek, you know? There are four or five that you can that I listen to. Pastor Eli's always listening to him. You walk in his office, you have to interrupt him to get him to get, take the thing out of his ear. He's always listening. He can do two things at once. I can't. I'm old school. If I'm listening to a podcast, I'm listening to a podcast. If I'm working at my desk, I'm working. I can't do two things at once. Of course, I can't walk and chew gum. But be that as it may. Be humble. Everybody knows something you don't know. Be diligent. Number three, be smart. Maybe a better word would be be selective. If you're going to learn from people, make sure you're learning from the right people. I hate to say this, but it's true. Most Christian bookstores are a waste of time. And a lot of Christian websites are the same. Just because they say it's Christian doesn't mean it is. The Bible says, Proverbs 13, 20, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You know, I don't have to be in the same era as great Christians, but I can read their books, I can listen to their sermons, I can walk with wise men. That's one of the wonders of our modern age. Wise people naturally dispense wisdom. Not arrogantly, but from their own experience, what God has taught them. While fools are just as happy to declare their foolishness with great enthusiasm, but one helps, the other hurts. That word at the end of Proverbs 13, 20, the com a companion of fools shall be destroyed. 
You know, as much as I study the Bible, you would think I'd looked up all these words, but I realized I wondered exactly what that word meant. It comes from a verb that means to shout or to sound a blast. The word study I read said it's found 33 times in the Old Testament, but it was used to convey the action of an army shouting or conveying a loud noise like we're on attack. It was a fear tactic that led to a, a victory over an enemy. You know, Jericho, they walked around it all those times. They crashed the, the, the clay pitchers. They let the light out. They blew the horns, and then they let out a shout. That's the idea of the word. It, it, it sometimes uh, has the idea of a war cry, but it leads to destruction. Fools make a lot of noise, and it leads to destruction. Proverbs 12, 26, the, fool, uh, the righteous is more excellent than his neighbor, but the way of the wicked seduceth him. If you look back in our text in Proverbs chapter 11, verse number 14, where no counsel is the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors is safety. So be selective, be smart in who you listen to and who you read and who you allow to influence you. Uh, you can always trust God's word, obviously. Second Timothy chapter 3 tells us about God's word being inspired in verse 16, but verse 15 says, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So the scriptures can make you wise. We're back in, in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 4. I've mentioned to you before, this passage has been a passage I've gone back to and meditated on many times. Proverbs 4, verse 20, through the end of the chapter, my son, Attend to my words. See the diligence necessary there? Attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. You know, since I had to get hearing aids, I'm, I'm constantly inclining my ear to hear, especially people with soft voices. I want to hear. That's a picture. I, I'm tuning in to hear what God has for me to, uh, to hear. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. Why? For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. A great verse to meditate on. Verse 24, put away from thee a froward mouth. That's one that's perverse or twisted. And perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand or to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Consider, think about where you're going. Think about the path you're walking. Think about what you're allowing to influence your heart, and be smart or be selective. And number four, not only be humble, not only be diligent, 
Uh, not only be smart or selective, but number four, be receptive. Receive correction and instruction as a blessing and not a rebuke. I haven't liked all the, the instruction I have received through the years. I haven't liked all the correction I've received. But as I mature and consider, I see it as a blessing, not a burden. Turn to Proverbs chapter 15. We're almost finished. Proverbs 15, 31. The ear that heareth the reproof of life abideth among the wise. So somebody willing to listen to reproof, it's a sign of wisdom. Verse 32, contrast. He that refuseth instruction despiseth his own soul. But he that heareth reproof getteth understanding. What is our natural inclination or reaction to correction? To get defensive. We want to defend our actions. We want to defend our attitude. We want to defend what we were doing. But the Bible says that's just not wise and we're only hurting ourselves. Proverbs 17.10, a reproof entereth more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. Whoa. A wise person who's willing to receive reproof or rebuke and allow it to help him, he's helped a lot more than the person who faces a hundred stripes with a lash. We go back to our text, Proverbs 11:2. When pride cometh, then cometh shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. While pride and shame are connected, humility and wisdom are connected as well. The lowly gain wisdom. Rabbis like to teach the scriptures through stories. They illustrate the scriptural truth in maxims and stories. The, the rabbinic teaching from chapter uh, from 11:2 is lowly souls become full of wisdom as low places become full of water. We poured a large cement pad for the gymnasium fellowship hall at Pastoria Baptist Church. And the guys were sort of in a hurry and they had this big old power trowel. But we were convinced that it wasn't to the tolerances of the architect's requirement. They argued the point back and forth. One of our guys, very practical wisdom, took a hose and just wet the whole thing down and we went around measuring the puddles and proved our point. Water will always go to the low place. 
He's saying when, when we are humble in spirit, like the low place fills with water, we'll be filled with wisdom. If we're prideful and we rise up, we won't gain any wisdom. So are you teachable? If you want to be teachable, be humble, be diligent, be smart or selective in who you listen to, and be receptive. Don't resist what God is wanting to do in your life.